Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Happy New Year to you. John Morris and Brooke Bednarz as we uh, turn the calendar to 2021. Had a nice little break in there, but uh, here we are back with our first podcast of the new year. I know. It's crazy. We did so many in the, you know, in the last year, 2020, we talked a lot about, you know, why we even launched this podcast, and it was to keep everybody connected, and then we've had so much fun that we just had to continue continue it into the new year. So happy new year to you. I'm excited that we have a uh, fun guest to talk with us today. Um, talk a little bit about volleyball because, you know, we're, uh, it's 2021 and we're going to play some volleyball in the spring. In the spring, of course. <laughs> coach Ryan McGuire is with us, Baylor volleyball coach. Uh, first of a couple of guests we'll have on our Sikkim podcast today. Coach McGuire, uh, our leadoff hitter. Happy New Year to you. How was uh, how was the break for you and your family? Yeah, Happy New Year to, to both of you. Uh, break for the family was awesome. Uh, did a little bit of driving or a lot of driving. Went, went to California, rescued my mom from that state, and drove her to Colorado so we could spend time with wife's family. <laughs> Uh, I, I love the open road and the road trips and, and, uh, you, you know, my kids were on the, the nice list instead of the naughty list. So they, they had fun Thank opening goodness. presents. Very good. <laughs> that, I've made that drive before. It's been a long time, but that is a trip, isn't it? Uh, it, it is a trip, you know, and, and there was heavy snow on the way back. So we, we went the longer way Cool, coming, coming back, but, uh, new sites and, and different places to see and, and just, uh, you know, a good fellowship. Me, me and my mom, who's, who's out there to talk about the old days. Yeah, that's good. So is she in Colorado uh, for the time being permanently or just a break from California? Uh, uh, no, she's back there. So, oh, she's back so, in California. Yeah, okay. So I took, I I took my uh, daughter out there. My, my brother's a captain, LAPD, and so we, we kind of had a mini Christmas out on the front lawn because that's, that's all you right. can really do yeah. like in a half hour. Uh, drove my mom from California cause they're just all shut down. Nothing's open. Don't celebrate, you know, only two households and, um, spent time in Colorado and then with my youngest son, uh, him and my mom, we drove back, drove her back to California and then, then I flew back out here to wow. Texas. You so, covered a lot of miles. I did. I did. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, uh, well, Happy New Year and glad you're with us. Uh, we appreciate you being with us. And, and as Brooke said, you'll have uh, we've got volleyball coming up in the spring. I know nothing has officially been announced yet, but is that schedule starting to take shape? Yeah, schedule's taking shape, and, and we're really excited about it. It kind of it, it brings back old emotions of when I used to coach the men's team because the men, you know, uh, compete in the spring. So. You know, normally after Christmas, you can kind of catch your breath and, and you really focus in on the recruiting. But now it's now it's 
recruiting and then making sure we're getting everybody back here strong and healthy and uh, ready for matches starting in February and national tournament in April. What's been the process like for you, you know, working with the team, making sure that they're physically and mentally prepared for the continuation of the season? Because all you've had was conference so far. You went 13 and three. And so you're kind of flipping the the book a little bit and going back into non-conference play, backward season, so to say. Yeah, we're definitely going to play primarily non-conference matches uh, this spring. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to the training. I, I think we missed last spring because of COVID where, where you work on some of the individual stuff. So we'll have a little bit of time here in, in January and early February to get back to some of those fundamentals that are just so important. You know, I, I think I might have raced through it with some of the younger players to get them ready for matches. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that. And then, yeah, it, it'll, you know, we'll still get Texas home and away and, and uh, hopefully sharpen each other up uh, for, for the tournament. But, it's it's you know it starts with the drive with the girls and, and they're hungry and they want to go farther than what we did last year and uh, the landscape's different and and we got more things stacked uh, maybe against us which is kind of a different schedule than than the rest of the country playing but um, you know glad Big Twelve took the charge and, and made sure we had a season so so not official but February sometime in February is when your matches start yeah yeah we'll uh, we'll open up February twenty fifth and uh north texas and then we uh will play texas state twice we'll be at rice uh oklahoma's gonna probably come down here for for a weekend um i know i'm missing some some other ones <coughs> in there we'll be at houston so Sounds uh, very regional. Yeah, texas state yeah it's 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 all regional it's all close we'll, we'll follow all the COVID rules and and um you know, even though it's regional, you know, some of these teams have, have won their conference or been uh, tournament teams in the past. So it's, um, you know, it's it's not the top of the Big Ten and Pac-12, which I like to get one of those teams each, but uh, it'll still test us. And, you know, we're, we got to make sure that we, you know, when we're scrimmaging within our own gym that it's as intense as possible like a match. How do you feel the fall wrapped up? How do you feel going into the Christmas break Looking at the thirteen and three, how do you feel about that? You, you know, you, you hate uh, losing in five to any team, any time, and, and then probably uh, that happening against Texas is, is kind of a bummer. Um, you know, I thought Yossi played honestly in a loss, one of the best matches I've I've ever seen from her. You know, despite some of her big kill ones that we've had in in the win. Um, you know, and we got great things out of Cali and and got Hannah uh, setting. Uh, Sedwick right there back at the end so uh, but we said from the beginning you know we win championships in April so uh, how can we use those experiences to really sharpen us for for April and um, you know it's 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 just new you know I would have been been great to get those wins to finish but uh, we, we put ourselves in a great great position for a national tournament still and and need to sharpen up and, and be our best in April. Well John it, I think it's going to be a very 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 busy That's spring true. at the Ferrell Center. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. With uh, the normal spring sports when they start up, and then we've got volleyball, and we'll have soccer in the yes. spring also. We'll so pretty much have every sport but football. Except football. And then we'll football. even have spring football. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just – 
if you're a Baylor athletics fan, this is the time to, to be here. <laughs> Ooh, overload for yes. sure. That'll be fun. And what's the mindset? You know, you normally, like you said, you finish before Christmas, your season's over, you go into off season mode, but what's the mindset knowing you're going to gear up and, and play significant matches coming up in the spring? Yeah, well, it's spring, and, and so our focus is really going to be growth. You know, we, we want to plant and, um, you know, really plant some seeds and, and grow, and, and hopefully, you know, with it spring and, and end of April and May that we really blossom and, and are playing our most beautiful volleyball and have our, our most beautiful um, time together as a team. You, you know, this team, I, I think our strength is – has been our culture and just the way we can grow and love in one another and, and just make it a great, great experience. I think, uh, you know, typically selection show is, is near Christmas and we, we do that at my house. I think it's at Easter. So it's, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just, you know, maybe we'll do an Easter egg hunt. And, nice. uh, but again, there's just so many things we can celebrate um, through sport and beyond sport and uh, thankful that we have the opportunity to play in this busyness and, we know things change, and there'll be some domino effects. If, if basketball gets moved around, we'll move around. But, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a fun, new, exciting time. It's, it's an adventure. Who doesn't like an adventure? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Alan Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Alan Samuels Start Something New sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. You mentioned um, celebrating in and beyond sport, and that's something that um, you guys a little bit acknowledged and kind of launched a new challenge, the Molly Martinson Challenge, um, pretty much right before Christmas break, I believe. Um, to celebrate the life of Molly Martinson. That's a name that if Baylor volleyball fans don't already know, I'm sure that they will, especially after this podcast. Um, but kind of tell us a little bit about that. You guys have a new locker room. There's been some floor plan changes at the Farrell Center. Um, so you guys have a new locker room, and that locker room is named after Molly Martinson. Can you tell us a little bit about who that is and how that came to be? Yeah, I, th- I think when when I first came to Baylor and, and just part of who I am is, is always this quest for uh, timeless principles and, and things that, that uh, live and last beyond just our own lives. And uh, when, when you think of the number one fan, for me at Baylor, it's, it's Van Davis. And Van Davis and her energy and the way she supports me and this team before she even really got to know me, it was like, man, she, she just loves this game. And... and um, we're talking about Molly. So Molly, uh, through cancer, um, lost her life, I believe it was age 10, uh, was, was just 
you know, Van would have said was the number one fan as far as this this young girl that just loved coming to the games and looking up to everybody, and and despite going through chemo and and everything was was I don't want to go home and rest. I want to get back on the volleyball court and, and play. And so, uh, volleyball for Molly was just the passion that helped her overcome. You know, I think with within us all, we're, we're built and designed to be overcomers with with whatever challenges. Uh, what we face in life and and just hearing from Van Davis um, you know and then Jen her mom just how Molly was overcoming all these obstacles that kept coming and coming and coming uh, and really using it through the sport of volleyball uh, it, it's just clearly it's it's um, her passion and, and love also for the Lord has, has just been something that I'm mindful of and I you know I lost my best friend uh, in eighth grade and uh, only child also. And, you know, it's one of those things for parents that, that uh, are just devastating. And, and I hope I don't have to uh, experience myself. But, um, you know, we hold on to those timeless principles and those those values. And so uh, I, I know even the previous staff was, was uh, good friends with the Martinsons. And, um, you know, to be able to... to when we talk about family and home, uh, for her to be a part of it, you know, it, to me, it's a no brainer. And, and like I said, you could just, if, if you know, Van Davis, cause she probably shared the story with the most is, is one who was also coaching Molly and helping that passion and energy. And she's saying, Hey, this girl was even more intense and in love with the sport <laughs> than, than me. And, and, um, you know, walked me through the, the trials she had as like, man, it's, it's very impressive. And so, uh, for us to have a locker room, you know, we've, we've kind of been wandering around campus at different locations, um, since my time here. And, uh, we, we finally have a home for the girls and, and, um, have, have been able to have a, a good lead donation, um, <clears throat> moving forward. And, and, you know, they wanted Molly to be a big part of it. So, I'm sure your girls, I mean, the current team, they know the story of Molly, and here they are benefiting, you know, from her and the generosity of others. It's a really nice upgrade to your locker room. I'm sure they know the significance of Molly's name being attached to that. Uh, significant upgrade for sure. And, uh, you know, I think we're talking about growth in this, this spring because it was kind of a, a weird semester, and we're – we finally got the locker room, but because of closed quarters, we couldn't even really, really be in there. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I think the returners have a good, healthy understanding. I, I think, you know, we got six new girls coming here in January. Uh, I, I think for some of the freshmen, we, we can continue to grow and, um, and instill and talk about some of those timeless principles that, that, that Molly brought. And, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure they've been able to hear from from mom yet, uh, the, this group, because of the COVID stuff. So probably half and half there. So I'm looking forward to uh, increasing that energy. Well, the lead gift was given um, from a former Baylor volleyball coach, Mitch Castile, and his wife, Beth, um, who actually was a teammate of Jen, um, Molly's mom here on the 1985 Baylor volleyball team. So there's lots of ties already to Baylor volleyball and then to kind of have her named, you know, Molly, the number one fan for a really long time. There was, um, an, a nice article that Jerry Hill wrote, um, about the legacy of Molly. You can find that at BaylorBears.com. But, um, there was this, this one point where, uh, they talked about how she always was on the first row of the volleyball games. And even though she was like eight or nine at the time, 
she knew everything. She was like calling subs. She knew exactly what <laughs> she was paying attention. She was not on a phone or an iPad, but she was truly enjoying watching um, Baylor volleyball. And so uh, that lead gift um, by the former coach Castile that launched the naming of the overall locker room. But now there is a challenge, kind of a continuation of that gift. Um, and for an opportunity to everyone listening and Baylor athletics fans in general to kind of partake in the naming of all 22 lockers permanently in that new locker room. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, we've had great momentum in doing that and, and, uh, raising the support through it. And, um, yeah, just the last email, another 10 lockers have, have uh, been supported. And, you know, this is kind of a first come, first serve, you know, um, get in while it's going and, and really help us. Uh, it goes a long way. And, and again, that, that adds to the story uh, also. You know, you mentioned, you know, I think for me and just the importance of athletics, like some of our best friends are always coming from the ones that we're teammates with, I think back who's in the wedding there. And, and so just picturing Molly on the front row and, and just knowing that friendship started, you know, really on the court and, and obviously the, the player coach relationships are important too. And, and just to see our own children's uh, passions and gifts come out through that and share that with others is great. And so, uh, yeah, given to the program uh, through the Molly Martinson challenge is, is just another way to give, give into uh uh, our family and our volleyball players family and, and uh, allow that to continue to grow and, and really strengthen uh, the bonds they're going to have and, and you know feel confident they're going to continue to give back to their community in Baylor in such great, great ways moving forward. So $7,500 donation uh, to name a locker that can be paid out $1,500 a year over five years. Uh, the goal is to raise $165,000 by the uh, the volleyball tournament, the NCAA tournament, coming up this spring in April. You said 10 of the potential 22 have already been uh, spoken for. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the momentum is, has been great. Uh, Jerry Hill wrote a phenomenal article that, that, that did really capture it. And, um, you know, I, I think people are excited. It, it's, it's our programs going well, we've needed a home. So you're, you're, you know, you're giving to current athletes, but, uh, it's also part of a, a special legacy and memory as well. And, um, it, you know, every year things are happening and there's new things, but you know, this is kind of a first, this is the first like full home locker room for, uh, for us in the Ferrell center. And, and even when we renovate it, you know, we're, we're doing it in a way where it's, it's, we're renovating around it, not going to have to make changes in a couple of years or, you know, decades, you know, but, but make it great right now. And the proceeds go to the one way club, which is Baylor volleyball's excellence fund. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. You, you know, uh, the name comes from, we just know one way to play and, and trying to do that each, each and every day. Uh, and then the, the, the funds from the one way club really pour back in the student athletes in a lot of those, uh, unique areas. Uh, an example, it would be like for Yossi and Kara and Shelly who are, are trying to make the national team and, and be on our Olympic team. So, uh, it allows us to be able to fly them out to the Olympic training center where they can, uh, compete, train and, and practice and, and have those opportunities to do that. It uh, contributes when we're able to maybe do some of those those special trips. Um, you know, we've gone to Italy in the past and in Kenya just a couple summers ago. The uh, our game is is just so filled with uh, innovation, and so it it allows us um, 
to kind of keep up with the times of the state of the art uh, technical video and, and statting programs that, that really help give us an edge on on how to you know improve ourselves as a team uh, and uh, defeat our opponents and scout them. And then a lot goes to uh, you know each girl has different uh, bodies and, and health issues and how we can track those things and give them you know specific devices and things that that are going to keep them safe and healthy. So. Uh, when you give it the one-way club, it, it definitely um, helps make the memories better and, and it lets us do those things that maybe are above and beyond, you know, your typical budget type stuff. So for folks listening, uh, f- for more information, you can find Jerry's article. We've uh, referenced it a couple of times. Really, really good. Uh, just search The Legacy of Molly on BaylorBears.com. You can get to that story, and there's a link to click there if you go to that story. Or you could go through uh, Nick Florence uh, through the Bear Foundation, Nick underscore Florence at Baylor.edu. Uh, phone number is 254-710-7557. Or Cody Gogler in the Bear Foundation, Cody underscore Goggler, G-O-U-G-L-E-R, at Baylor.edu. His phone number is 254-710-2740. Or you can call me, or you can call Brooke, <laughs> yeah. or you can call Coach McGuire, and we will put you in touch with these folks. Uh, but what a what a worthy uh, challenge here to try to raise these funds in the memory of Molly Grace Martinson. So, Coach, uh, thank you for your time. We appreciate uh, visiting with you. Happy New Year to you again. Good luck as you gear up for the uh, for the spring season, and uh, we're behind this one hundred percent. Hopefully, we get you know the other twelve named here fairly soon. Yeah, really excited about it. A lot of momentum. Uh, Nick and Cody have been spectacular in putting these things things together. So uh, it's, it's it's just fun to work with great people here at Baylor and do some great things. Very good. Coach Ryan McGuire, Baylor volleyball coach. Take a break. When we continue on our Sikkim podcast, we'll visit with Jennifer Martinson, Molly's mom, will join us when we come back. You're listening to the Sikkim podcast presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Alan Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Alan Samuels Start Something New Sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 
Welcome back to the Sikkim Podcast. I'm Brooke Bednarz alongside Voice of the Bears, John Morris. We just visited with Baylor Volleyball Head Coach Ryan McGuire to talk about the upcoming spring season, a little different, and um, also introduce a little bit into the Molly Martinson Challenge and what that will mean for the Baylor Volleyball Program. Now we are honored to have with us Jennifer Martinson, Molly's mother. Jennifer, we hope you had a happy new year and we want to thank you for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. And this is a busy week for you. Your son's it getting is. married this week. Yes, my son is getting married Friday. So uh, squeeze this in right now. Yeah, yeah. thank so you for your time. time. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yes. Um, so we, you know, we've talked a little bit. We haven't dove into Molly's story. We wanted to kind of wait to visit with you. But um, John and I didn't get the opportunity to meet Molly as well as our listeners didn't get to. Um, so I was hoping that you could maybe introduce us a little bit to Molly Grace Martinson and um, just the kind of firecracker of a little girl that it sounds like she was. Uh, well, she was, and I miss her every single day. And uh, I do love to talk about her, one of my favorite subjects for sure. Uh, well, first of all, I'd say uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, is her middle name is Grace. And so how you know that, uh, we later pondered, her dad and I, was that the right name? But it absolutely was. We saw that in her battle um, with cancer. But why her name was picked is we were at a Sunday church service, and we had a guest pastor speak. And he... um, mentioned the word grace and he said this is the one word that truly separates christianity from other religions in the in the sense of that uh, the lord we are saved through grace and we both looked at each other and after service said that's we knew we were having a little girl we was a surprise for ben our first but and so that's how she was named uh, grace and definitely knew jesus um but uh and that's the most important thing in all of this story. But uh, she was born. She was nine and a half pounds when she was born. Oh, wow. And uh, Ben was eight and a half pounds. And so I had a tough delivery with her. This is probably more than you wanted to know. But <laughs> uh, no, it's a, a podcast. T- uh, perfect place. A, a tough delivery with him. And so my OBGYN said, I really want you to. Um, I gained 36 pounds with him. He said, I want you to stay under 25. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a tall girl. I I think I can gain more. He said, no, let's try to keep running 25. So I did only gain 24 with her, but she was nine, five and she came out just, I think ready to compete. (laughs) I mean, she was just solid from day one and she wanted to keep up with that big brother that was two and a half years older. And she never thought I, I tell people, uh, when we lived here and moved back to Waco, she was in second grade and her brother was in fifth and we'd have all these boys over to our house to play basket. We had a big cul-de-sac so they could play, you know, baseball, football, basketball. And she just never thought that she wasn't supposed to be there. I mean, so (laughs) she was just with eight or nine boys and, uh, my son that's getting married has just been given with the gift of, of grace and loved her. He's known from day one, probably that she was a better athlete than him um but then she says ben is so smart but uh when they would get drafted many times she would be drafted 
first. <laughs> and uh, But he just loved that about her. And then she would just play with them. And so, and to compete and play and never thought that she shouldn't be there. And so uh, she's always, she always loved life, embraced it, tried new things. Uh, I think the picture that went in the, uh, the paper a while back or the article was her on, I think some sled coming down a hill with, you know, or her hair blowing in the wind. That was her. And so, uh, again, it just, I don't know how to describe that, but fully engaged in life and, uh, engaged, uh, no matter what she did, uh, she, uh, did her very best at it and was a real encourager. Uh, she would, and people have said this even, like before she got sick, but after stories came out and then after she passed away, uh, she was really the encourager for the underdog. Uh, the one that, you know, maybe other people didn't see. And I just think maybe that was a gift she was given because she was going to only live for such a short time. But she would uh, support those that other people might have missed. And, uh, and she wouldn't miss them. And she just always looked at, at people's hearts. So as it said in the article, too, she loved Baylor. Anything anything with Baylor and Baylor sports. And her dream, she wrote it in her essay, was to play for Baylor. Uh, even if Coach McGuire didn't want her, she was playing. No. <laughs> um, but uh, that she wanted to play for Baylor and then go on and play for the Olympics. And uh, she, we would come to every game and uh, – now, that's also, you know, the Lady Bears basketball. That's uh, the volleyball, of course, and we'd sit there on that front row. And, again, like I said, she would at uh, – we're in second, third grade, fourth grade before she got sick. And even when she was sick, um, we'd come from chemo or radiation, and we would only be able to stay for a little bit because uh, she just would get tired very easily. Uh, but she'd be there analyzing – the game and saying what's going on and what's following. She wasn't distracted or wanted to necessarily sit and talk with friends. She wanted to watch that game. And uh, that was just her, her spirit. She loved to play uh, and compete. But, I mean, I learned a lot from her. You know, people you know may know that I played here at Baylor and played volleyball. You know, you really, for me, maybe that's a little bit different, but I really wanted her to play any sport but that. it's because then I could keep my mouth shut you know for sure but uh she kind of ensured that I kept my mouth shut she'd say mom and I just walk around you know but uh she uh uh she again uh she loved it and what she had a gift very early of playing at advanced level but also when the game was over it was over and I think that's just something that I wish I learned earlier, and uh, but at a very young age, it would be over, and if they were on the other team, they were her friends. If they were on her team, they were friends, or she wanted to be friends, and then have fun, but when we're out there, we are giving it, I mean, to the bitter end, but then it's over, and we step off that court. It's you know, we're all together. And it was an amazing thing to watch. That was a gift for me to watch her have that ability at, at such a young age. Well, it sounds like 
even if you hadn't maybe wanted her to be successful in volleyball, <laughs> that she was. Uh, mm. We read stories in that article, um, and one that stood out to me is that when she was eight, she was playing in a U10 select volleyball tournament in Austin, and she served to start the set and served for consecutive 20 five points so <laughs> she herself with her serving won the game um coach encouraged her to maybe switch to underhand and her response was my mom never taught me that <laughs> <laughs> so well, you know looking back on that story um you know do you do you remember that day do you recall that and um what did that mean to you to know that that was just kind of how she attacked life with full speed at at everything she did you know it it makes me laugh. Yes, I remember that day. You know, it's like frozen in time. And I think she was, and to be correct, I think she was nine and it might have been 12 and under, but that was my fault, I think, in the article. <laughs> Get mixed up sometimes on days. Van Davis that works here at Baylor, incredible friend of our, incredible coach and friend and loved Molly, um, was the coach. And she also hadn't taught Molly uh, underhand just because again like I said in the beginning she just was built so strong that we never even needed to do that you know some you know with even you know little children you start with underhand but uh she was strong enough so we're going to go overhand so I think Van you know she's not on the call but she would say she was amazed when we were at nine or ten points now again it wasn't all aces it yeah. was playing it some some were aces but some were playing it back and forth and we won the point so the other five young ladies on the team uh definitely contributed to that but she just kept serving and serving and I think that Van you know the other coach I will tell you I remember that was getting quite upset <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure and you know trying everything calling as many timeouts as they could and Van would just say, you know, just serve it. And then she did ask her at the end, you know, toward the end to serve underhand. And you just really not done that before. Uh, and then we switched and we couldn't, you know, the lineup switch it again. So she started again, wow. which is, you know, and then I don't know how many into the next one, but she was just focused. I don't know how else, you know, people were just amazing. Again, she was nine and everyone else was, was older. So I have another story that tells you that I didn't get to tell this before. I get to tell it now. Yeah. Is that it, it describes it as well. We were in another select tournament and poor Ben, we went to some, we went to his games too. Don't misunderstand, <laughs> you know, basketball and all of it. But she, he was down with his sister. We were at a tournament. I believe this one was in Austin. Well, we were in a match. Molly was back to serve, and Ben sitting next to me. Now, Ben used to be and was the quiet one and didn't really say a lot, very observant, watching, but really more shy at that age. And Molly's back serving, and we we're serving 23-24. So the other team was up one point. And we got the point. Molly's walking back to serve. Well, a mother of the other team uh a player on the other team was sitting right down in front of Ben, our son. And she goes, oh, we've got this. And, you know, we've got this. We're going to, you know, get the ball back and, you know, get this point. We're, we're done. And Ben, the one that does not say much, is saying, he goes, and he said it in a very nice voice, which I was really glad about, and very respectful voice. He just said, oh, no, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> my, uh, my sister's up to serve. And she has ice in her veins. Wow. And we're going to win. <laughs> and oh, no, we did. I'm sorry. <laughs> she served it. And she served out wow. the next three points. Wow. And uh, the mother looked back and he goes, 
<laughs> and, you know, you can't see me out there, but I'm kind of like shrinking my shoulders. Uh, that, uh, you know, even at that, he said, you know, my sister has ice in her veins. I mean, that that was, she really lived for those moments. You know, and I think when you're out there is, uh, you know, I teach now at Baylor, and I've had a lot of athletes in my class and uh, at many times over the course. And I've asked, I especially ask, I guess, the football players or I'll ask the basketball when, you know, that's an amazing sport to me because it comes down to seconds, you know, or a second if that last shot, you know, do you want the, do you want to be the one to make the shot? Do you want to be the one on the free throw line? Do you, and then if you're, uh, you know, in football, I'll ask my lineman, do you ever get, or the quarterback, do you get scared? And, you know, a hundred percent of the time they want that ball. Mm-hmm. They want, they want to be that person. And I think when you're, you know, at a certain level and you're a true competitor, uh, you know, sure. We all get nervous. Or I asked a lineman just recently, you know, I said, do you ever, he's like, you know, I've been doing this since I was a little boy and I don't get scared, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, he might in the NFL, I don't know. No, <laughs> but I think that, you know, she had that where she even at that age wanted, wanted that, uh, opportunity. She said, I can do it. I do it. And she'd say, I, and I said, were you, and I asked her later, I said, were you nervous or are you or, or she says, well, no, I've got my team with me. And she was an incredible golfer. I mean, uh, her swing, I mean, it just was natural. And the only reason, maybe it would have been later, you know, because she's so young, but she gravitated toward volleyball more. She said, I just like being out there with a team. One of the students you had uh, in one of your classes was was Lake Seastrunk. Mm-hmm. And tell everybody, I remember this, remember this year where he really dedicated his mm-hmm. season to Molly uh, what about Lake honoring Molly in that way? Oh, what a, what a fantastic young man. Uh, I was, and I am biased. Uh, it was, I've never had an experience like it since really, uh, is I was, I came to speak in the summer. It's the first time I'd really ever spoken publicly about the loss of Molly and I really was going back and forth, and my friend taught this class, uh, and it was um, a class on death and dying for uh, health majors. And she said, "I just we do a unit on the death of a child, and you know I just like them to hear a real perspective of how that is different, and it is different, uh, and what the grieving and what people go through, and parents or children, and just the whole experience." And um, it was really the Molly and the Lord that got me through that door. Um, but then when I got through it, there was only a few. It was a summer class. So there was only, like, I think, 10 or 11 in that class. And I remember him. Uh, well, he stood out because, to be honest, and he laughs about this. But I'll tell you, it was summer. It's hot. We're in Texas. And so he had longer, you know, shorts on. But I really looked down, and I'm like, I've never quite seen legs that big in my life. (laughs) And so I knew, uh, you know, and then found he's a running back. But anyway, uh, he listened, and I could tell the whole time that other students did. And then he raised his hand to ask ask me a question, and I called on him, and he just couldn't even speak. He he got that emotional. Hmm. And, you know, that's rare, you know, for college students and – male or female in front of each other or that setting, but he just did. And, 
I just said, you know what, well, let's wrap it up and we can come talk one-on-one. And so he did, and uh, he just said how much that that spoke to him. He said, the whole time you're talking, I can't imagine. Uh, I love to compete. I uh, love football. He was great in a lot of sports, you know, growing up, basketball and all of these other sports, but, of course, chose to come to Baylor and play. He said of that changing overnight, you know, going into the surgery like Molly did, the brain surgery, and come back out and be paralyzed on the one side of your body uh, and losing all of it. And uh, he said it just it just impacted him so much. So part of that class and assignments to go to a cemetery. And he said, I don't want to do that. I've not done it. And I said, you know, well, let's do it. I'll meet you and we'll go. So I did. I picked him up the next week at his apartment, and he went with me. Uh, Molly's buried at Oakwood here in Waco, a beautiful cemetery. And uh, we drove out there, and we got out, and he immediately went up to the, her marker, and he just got down on his knees. And um, he broke down, and I said that before, that I really needed to leave because it was that personal. of a thing. And he, But what I could hear before I left is he was just talking to her like I'm talking to you two, mm-hmm. is that uh, – and he – introduced himself and this I heard your mom talk and I want to talk to you and uh it was a while because I walked around I wanted to give him and I came back at probably at least 30 minutes and he was still down on his knees and and he just said and that's probably the first thing he, he said to me and ever since then he just calls me mom and he said mom he said Molly doesn't what you're carrying and and this grief she doesn't want this for you and we've got we've to learn how to let this go. You know, not her go, but let this go. And that you, you keep living. And uh, it is a heaviness, you know, of uh, living uh, with the loss of, of a child and, and all we went through and had to talk about and discuss. But, uh, and so then that's when he decided. He just said, you know, she can't compete anymore. She can't play, but I can. And he just felt like this. Uh, that he hears her voice, that he hears, you know, the Lord speaking to him and her speaking to him, and then he decided to do that. And uh, that was a fun season. I mean, it well, was. Uh, he's fun. Uh, he's fun to watch, and it was exciting. And so I don't think I've told – I've told a few people this story, but this is true, and I don't know if anyone <laughs> if they happen to be listening. But we went up, my husband and I, we were sitting by ourselves up at the – Cowboy Stadium to watch that. I believe it was Baylor play tech up there. Right. And so here we are in this huge Cowboy Stadium and it's packed to watch. And these two men came and sat next to me. So Dan's on my left and we're looking at the, and then these two men, friends, buddies, uh, are on my right. So the game started and, you know, and they're having fun. Then I find out that I believe one went to Baylor. I don't think the other one did. And then it's halftime. And so uh, they get up, they come back. And then he leans over to me. He goes, I was just thinking. And they had talked earlier and found out that I had, you know, was, was teaching at Baylor. And they said, you know who our favorite player is? And uh, 
I at Baylor at the time. I said, no. He said, it's that Lake Seastrunk. He <laughs> said, did you happen to hear that interview? But it was a radio interview. Uh, and it was all about his dedication to this young girl. This young girl that uh, had, uh, you know, passed away. And that he, that's how he writes her name. He was, I think her name was Molly. And writes on the, the wrist, he said, I remember listening to that. I had to pull over the truck on the highway because I'm, I listen to it all the time, but I got so emotional and I pulled over my truck. I call my buddy who goes, Oh yeah, I remember. And I got on and I'm listening to it. And he said, that was amazing. I loved him before, but after that, I mean, he has been my favorite. Did you ever happen to meet him? That's what he said to me. Did you ever happen to meet him or have him at class? And I said, I'm glad you two are seated right now. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, he just, and I said, I said, you're really not going to believe what I'm about to say. And he said, well, what, you know him? And I said, I do. And I said, I'm mom. And he said, what? I said, you know how he referenced, he said, oh, yeah, that, you know, he calls that mom, the mother right. of that little girl mom. I said, I'm Molly's mom. And then my husband said, yeah, I'm dad. And they're like, those men, I mean, they were excited to see Baylor and Tech. Yeah. And, uh, but they were pretty, pretty stoked about this experience. <laughs> and so I just thought, wow, you know, my, you know, and the Lord to have in that whole stadium to have two men um, that had uh, heard that story before of Lake and that uh, meant that much. And it was just a cool thing. Yeah. That's very special. She was rocking and rolling, playing and kicking butt in yeah. volleyball at nine, playing up against the 12-year-olds. Um, but at age 10, she was diagnosed with grade four brain cancer, um, fought that for a year, and then ultimately passed away at 11 and a half. Um, but it sounds like her celebration of life was colorful and packed a packed house. Um, kind of like some of those volleyball games I'm sure she attended. Um, th her casket was white, says the article, and um, you guys encouraged everyone with rainbow Sharpies to write notes on that. Um, that's something that's unique, and I was just wondering kind of what sparked that. Well, again, my, my best friend is, uh, her name is Julie Stanford. And uh, her husband, Matt Stanford, used to teach here at Baylor. They live in Houston. But she was my college roommate when I came for, to Baylor. I came from California to Baylor uh, at 17. And she came from Colorado. And uh, we met in the dorm. And she lived across the hall from me. So I was 17. She was 18. She's older. So anyway, we are polar opposites. If we, we kid, I call her uh, Skittles or Candyland. And she says, well, you're playing trouble or risk. But yeah. anyway, she's an art major. She was an art major at Baylor, an art teacher. So, and, and she was Molly's teacher and love Molly and through all this. And, uh, to be honest with you, um, when we found out that the tumor was back, they thought that through the brain tumor resection, the surgeries, the radiation, and the chemo, that they'd gotten it, that it, would be a, that it was a miracle, and they'd gotten it. Um, but after her third clear MRI, her next one, it shown that it was back and bigger than ever. They, her doctor... Um, Dr. Murray up at Cook's Children's, which is incredible, incredible to us, um, 
he told my husband I stayed home with Molly and um, a friend went with my husband that it probably be about um, three to six months that she would live and be on hospice. Well, they, they got home and, and um, my husband called hospice that next morning. Molly only lived two more weeks. So uh, we were we were in shock there and, and, and again, just believing until the last minute that the Lord would do a miracle on this side of heaven. And I'll be honest, I still struggle with him and talk to him every day about it. Um, but he's big enough for that. Um, but he called her home. And so Julie, my good friend and my other good friend, Cassie, uh, they went down to the funeral home and they, um, that was their decision and Julie's decision. They thought, um, uh, all white. And they said she loved color. She did like one time she's described as a 64 box, uh, colors in the box of crayons. <laughs> and so everyone had, so she thought of, it was the only t- time I think that this has ever been done at the, um, funeral home. So it was an all white casket. And then they got to pick the Sharpies and come up and write on it. And, you know, it was, it closed, of course, I would have done that. And also I knew there would be children. And so, and also, uh, I think with anyone, adult or children, that something they can do, something they feel like that they can leave and leave a mark. And um, that's kind of the theme of her foundation we started is leave your mark. And so it it kind of all tied together. And that was really Julie's idea and and Cassie. And then that's when uh, they would walk through. We had over a thousand people come. Wow. Many of those, you know, her age and my son's age and their families. And so, again, like I said in the article, there isn't, you know, um, a millimeter. There are people laying down underneath. And I don't know if it's ever happened in a funeral home, but that would be Molly. Um, and so I think just to um, it to be colorful like she was in her life. And what I try to, to fo- focus on is um, – how much she lived and and not focus on those last ten and a half months were pretty pretty rough, but focus on but even through that, um, I tell my students now that have me in class i I couldn't learn any more in life from anyone more than I lived with her because I watched someone live life at such a young age and all the way through to the end of of doing that with grace and dignity and and faith till the end and she was 11 and got this at 10 and so anyway that's kind of how the colors things came to be if you need a trailer flat rock trailers has got you covered from light duty single axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels we also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers need a motorcycle trailer we've got them need a dump trailer we've got the largest selection in the state oil field trailers we carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs trailer repairs we repair all makes and models we'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day flat rock trailers your number one source for all your trailer needs find us at flatrocktrailers.com Say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why.
You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast. We're visiting with Jennifer Martinson, the mother of Molly Martinson, and that is the little girl whose life is being remembered and celebrated each and every time the Baylor volleyball program enters their new locker room thanks to a generous gift from former Baylor volleyball coach uh, Mitch Castile. And um, now we're in the process of participating in the Molly Martinson Challenge, John, and that's an opportunity for Baylor fans um, and anyone to kind of leave their mark, like you mentioned, uh, Jen, uh, leave their mark and join in celebrating the life of Molly um, by permanently naming a locker in the Molly Martinson uh, Baylor Volleyball Locker Room. Um, So I want to hear from you, first and foremost, what that meant for your former teammate, Beth, and her husband, Mitch, former coach here, um, to make that lead donation and to have that locker room uh, for the program that you played for be named after your daughter and um, and then to go into this challenge and what that means to you and your family. Uh, well, really, it's really hard to put words to something like this. Well, one, it, it's unexpected uh, and we're just humbled by it. Both my husband, Dan, and I, and Ben, uh, humbled by that the Castiles are extremely generous people. And I, it's just amazing, too, is that I see how many people, and nothing to take, that this isn't a bad thing, but many people talk about how the Lord works in some wonderful ways and he does but due to some hard things I've seen how he works in those and that when you feel or think he's not there that and in your worst of times that there are things that come that you're like okay he is there and that he is with you no matter what. And I think this is a point here is that uh, never would have thought that however many years ago when I came, when I was 17, Beth, and I can throw this out, you know, she can shoot me later, but you know, she's two <laughs> years older. So she was a junior and I came and I was a scared freshman and she was and an just a natural leader. But the, that same young lady has that same spirit of how she played ultimate competitor but one of the most humble players I've ever known intelligent and always learning but that's what she does now I mean she's one of the sometimes you know people change a lot I mean the core of her has not and just generous and uh not wanting to take credit and so in this is that we did, Dan and I, we, we did, we talked to them and I said, listen, this is a Castile legacy. This is something you've worked hard for. You have children that have come to Baylor. I want it to be the Castile or her main name's Fountain, you know, uh, Fountain, uh, in memory of Molly. That's no. Uh, and so again, it's just, uh, Lord's work through their heart, I believe, giving us a gift that we could uh, 
they wouldn't want us to repay. But it's just bigger than that word isn't even isn't big enough for me is to say gift. It just is a something that will last forever here at a school that she loved that Beth and I played for Mitch coached uh, that it is a legacy. And we are so, I can't tell you, I tell, you know, the young ladies now that I see, I've had a couple I've had to have in class that are playing on the, not have to have in class, but had in class that are playing on the team now. You know, us oldies, us old ladies, we are just <laughs> so excited. I mean, are they not just the greatest program ever? And we try to say, oh, yeah, built on this big foundation that we laid. <laughs> no, you know, just this, you know. But uh, we're so excited to see them. And, and uh, Coach Ryan and these young ladies, how far they've come, what they're doing, how they represent us as, uh, you know, alumni of Baylor and alumni volleyball players. And most of all, I feel that these young ladies and this coaching staff, that they represent us as a Christian university, you know, so well. And at the heart of why Molly would want to compete, that I always felt that she was gifted like she was and born this way to have this type of platform, to be able to share of what's most important uh, is – when we play or when we practice or whatever we do that they people see Jesus and but these young ladies are doing this and so then to have this in her name and uh have these young ladies part of this and this legacy I I just really can't put into words how amazing it is and uh really humbled because there's so many people (laughs) and and families that could be awarded I hope that all uh, again, I do know this on Beth and Mitch's heart is uh, some of these milestones that Baylor Volleyball has gone through from us as we talk about us older ladies all the way through uh, and just a legacy also built to women's sports and to uh, what Baylor's done for them and, and that whole background that that be built. And it's something I know we're all very, very proud of. And uh, it's just a generous gift. Well, and that that is that is the legacy that uh, you helped uh, put in motion. You and Beth and Coach Castile and Coach McGuire continues that to this day. He 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 will say in pretty much every interview they play for an audience of one. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right mm-hmm. in uh, knowing their purpose and what they are doing out there. And Molly's a big part of that legacy and will be forever through this naming of the locker room and your story. And, and we appreciate you sharing with us. It, it Maybe it can't be easy to, to share the story, but we really do appreciate it. And we want everyone uh, listening to know that they can be a part of this legacy as well by donating to this uh, one-way fund, the Excellence Fund for Baylor Volleyball, and the naming of the individual lockers in the Baylor locker room. And that locker room is the Molly Grace Martinson locker room. It's a great story. It really is. Jennifer, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'd encourage everyone out there that's thinking about it. It's what um, John said is that, uh, this program and these young ladies, you know, that you feel confident in that if you are gifting, that it's something that a locker room uh, is special, that you spend time there. You spend time bonding. You spend time, happy times, sad times, 
but it is uh, a special place. And that by naming something that you know that uh, it will be, um, you know, forever, it'll be something at least, you know, permanent, um, but that we're going to have in some sense of words that friends have described of Molly and people like things like courage and faith and different words that we're going to have um, part of her, uh, the plaque that will be out front. But that'll be part of that locker room as well and that you feel a part of that, that those words, that it's more than just a court, it's more than a room. It's what we want, and I know Mitch and Beth would want this as well, that these are words and these are attributes that we want these young ladies and coaches and everyone that goes in there to know that throughout life, this is what we want them to have and want them to personify. And so it is a room, but it's a special place. Well, Molly chose the team sport and that's where teams are built the most is in the locker room. And although she wasn't able to play for Baylor, she will forever be a part of the team with the naming of the locker room and those lockers. So like John said, I do want to thank you for your time. Um, Molly sounds like a very special little firecracker of a girl, and I was we were honored to be able to meet her through you here today as you shared, your, shared y'all's story. Um, so thank you again for uh, being here with us. And if you'd like to participate, uh, contact Nick Florence or Cody Gogler in the Baylor Bear Foundation. You can read the uh, story Jerry Hill wrote. Uh, we've referenced it several times, The Legacy of Molly. It's at BaylorBears.com. There's a link there also if you would like to to uh, donate and be a part of this uh, Baylor Volleyball Locker Room program, the Molly Martinson locker room for Baylor Volleyball. We appreciate you being with us. Thanks to Jen for being with us and Coach Ryan McGuire for Brooke Bednars. I'm John Morris, and that's this week's Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.